The movie you're making me watch today is Good Will Hunting. Jake's Choice. Oh, and there's Princess coming on in. Yeah. Wow. Shmem Diddy just in time for the movie that you were making me watch today, which was Goodwill Hunting. 1997. Seven. Directed Seven. by Gus Van Zant. Star, right? Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. Starring and written by the two. Yes. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Uh, um. Starring Matt Damon. What do you think, Jake? This is your choice. Give us your words. This movie is uh, career-defining. That's what I'm going with. That's an obvious. It's obvious, but it started Ben. It essentially started Ben Affleck and Matt Damon's career. They were smaller, time movie guys. They had small parts, and then I think this was like the peak of Robin Williams' career as well. Uh, same with Gus Van Zandt. I think you can think that as well. This is him. the peak. Have you ever seen Aladdin? Yeah, this was a couple years after Aladdin. It just pa- just passed Aladdin. Just just okay. surpassed it. So okay, peak peak peak. Schwartz. Peak. Welcome. What's up? What's your word, you little princess? Uh, I mean, I've been trying to think of a word that's not so obvious, but I can't. And I'm just going to go uplifting. It's just an uplifting movie. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go unrealistic. Hmm. Unrealistic. Yeah. This movie's huh. bullshit. Go, uh, go, go on. This movie's all about false dreams and, and fake hopes and... See, it's almost like the opposite of uh, "It's a Wonderful Life." I think you would like this. Yeah, I didn't follow his dreams. Like it. Okay, but it's bullshit. No, no, no. This that's Schwartz's move. Schwartz hated that he had to like help other people. No, true, 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 true. But well, I, was, I, I, don't, I, I don't, I don't follow I'm, why. I'm why do you think it's uh? Why do you think it's bullshit? Like, what's unrealistic? Just the eh, characters. Or, uh, the how dreams. he was living his life originally—that's realistic. But that's the whole thing about the movie, like went through, it's a clear coming of age. Like this is like a definitive type of coming of age. He literally turns 21 at the end of the movie. He literally came of age at the end of the movie. But this is like the perfect, like layout of a coming of age. Like he, he's flawed. He starts realizing through therapy, his, his issues and overcomes them. And you never see him living any other way than he has the whole movie. Like he never, you never see anything different. So how's that unrealistic? I mean, we see we see him getting in the car and driving across country. That's unrealistic. There's no way he's making it from Massachusetts to Cal- San Francisco in that fucking hoopty. I'll give you that. So, I'll that definitely the- give you that. <laughs> sure. No way. That, he so, might have a breakdown. Sure, for sure. Is that, is that the unrealistic part? breakdown. The wheels are going to fall off. He's going to crash. He's going to die. He dies on his way there. Someone had to die at the end of this. Yeah, if he doesn't make it there, it's not gonna work while he's there. I was, I was, I, I just, you know, it's a good movie. Go ahead. You want to talk about it? Go ahead. It's a good movie. It's fine. I just thought it was like, ah, all right. You know what it is? It's a good movie. It's a great movie, in my opinion. That's it. All right, let's rank it and get out of here. <clears throat> all right. So the movie we meet Will Hunting, the main character. Uh, basically the movie starts with him reading in his room and his best friend Chucky p- played by Ben Affleck picks him up 
Uh, it's basically him and Chucky and Casey Affleck and this other dude doing hood rat shit. It's intercut with uh, meeting Gerald Lambeau. He's like a mathematics professor at MIT. Is this Casey's and, first movie too? Is it? No, I think he had like small roles. Like he, him, like both of the Afflecks were like in like Kevin Smith movies. And sm- so that small role in Kevin Smith movies. And notice how Kevin Smith was actually an They EPM asked Kevin movie. Smith to direct this credits. movie, but he kindly turned it down. Saying yeah, he I saw wasn't enough director. I saw Kevin Smith's uh, name a few times. I assumed he helped write it. No, I don't think so. But they asked him to direct it. Yeah, we don't know that. No, you can look that up. They definitely asked him to direct it. I think <laughs> no, I heard I'm that. Saying, I've heard we that story. We don't know yeah. that he didn't help write it. Oh, yeah, I guess not. Doesn't have right. any Kevin Smith like like type of vibes though, like zero. Dialogue's except for maybe good. Casey. So, I mean, except for maybe Casey Affleck jerking off. That was pretty hilarious. Was pretty yeah, hilarious. I think there's I some think... good humor that maybe he helped with, but who knew? Who knows? I'm just saying, if it was if if I saw the three lined up. And they were like, who wrote the movie? I would be like, well, definitely Kevin Smith wrote this movie. Right. But that's the surprising yeah. part. It was I, it was mostly mostly Matt and Ben with I think some suggestions from also from other mo- other people. Probably mostly Matt, let's be honest. Well, that's the joke. But uh, well, I, he, I mean he, he I don't came, know. He originally came up with the concept, Matt Damon. I don't know why you say that. Ben, ben Affleck wrote Argo, Ben Affleck wrote The Town, Ben Affleck wrote uh, gone baby gone and Ben and Matt Damon only wrote one movie since then which was Last Duel which he also wrote with Ben Affleck so I think Ben might be the better writer I didn't say who was better I'm just saying it's not it's Ben's concept but originally it was Matt's concept if we're talking history of the screenplay it, Matt and I think I read that his it was him and his girlfriend's idea for a while and then she married Lars up. Ulrich by the way <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah yeah I saw that and uh, so and then him and Ben took over the concept and kind of made it into something and it was going to be like a, a like a thriller movie it was going to be more about like i think the nsa kind of trying to get matt involved and trying to like pressure him to join the nsa but then they uh i think who was it like rob reiner suggested like make it more about the relationship and like he got they got some tips yeah. from like some director friends lucky them being friends with a bunch of big name directors when they're in like their mid-20s writing a screenplay so that helped but yeah let me just go ask my friend mostly... robbie rhines <laughs> right there was like a rumor yeah, that like William Goldman for a while like really was the writer of it, but I think he just kind of like gave some suggestions as well with Rob Reiner. I just think those fucking Massachusetts boys had a little help. That's all I'm saying. Sure. I mean, I think just them getting a good director and like having some room to improv with a great like Robin Williams and even Stalin Skarsgård is a fucking legendary actor in his own right. Let's be honest, Robin Williams is the end-all be-all of this movie. Without him, this movie's shit. Yeah, I think so. And they even said they sold it as such, where like they yeah. pitched it to Mary Max, like, well, Robin Williams is attached to this. Like, they yeah. needed a big name like that. Well, I read that Kevin Smith, they asked Kevin Smith to direct it, and he was like, nah, this isn't really my vibe. Like, I really don't direct things I don't write. And he's like, but I'll bring it to Bobby Weinstein <laughs> and Harvey Weinstein. And well, they didn't they, they ask they asked, uh, Rob, Robbie Ryan's first, didn't they? <clears throat> Well, That's Castle Rock, Castle Rock, Castle Rock the, yeah. the the company that Robert Reiner owns, they own the script to it. They they bought it, and then they wanted Matt Damon and Ben Affleck to not star in it. They wanted DiCaprio and Brad Pitt back then, and they were like, "Well, you guys are nobodies. You know what I mean? We're not going to produce it with you." And then Kevin Smith brought it to fucking uh, the brothers, 
the king yeah the king of hollywood at that point and uh he was like yeah i mean it's a great script and they, they were making independent films and guest francent just came off of two pretty classic independent films and drugstore cowboy and to die for so i'm pretty sure you that's think why I chose him. kevin smith performed sexual favors for harvey weinstein to get this done i don't know man harvey weinstein produced all the kevin smith movies so maybe yeah stuff yeah you never I mean, know maybe together tarantino for sure was rubbing his feet <laughs> if anybody was hooking up with uh, it was tarantino <laughs> i could see tarantino I mean, I know like just like, foot massages all day i mean the first i just thought it was kind of weird I'm frozen. Robin Williams. What was Anthony saying? The first what? I don't know. I don't know. Then he stopped. He stopped like abruptly. (laughs) (laughs) I said one of the one of his first like most famous quotes is about a foot massage. He was probably talking about massaging fucking yeah. Weinstein. Am I gone? Am I just frozen right now? Oh yeah. I'm not even here. That that opening Pulp Fiction that opening Pulp Fiction monologue was about Weinstein. Who knows? All right. All right. So, guys, Tarantino has always been into feet. We can be that. He's a, he knows he that. Sh- and he plays on it. He loves feet, it. So, everyone knows that. Do you think he likes Hobbit feet? I mean, I if he's know. sucking Weinstein uh, toes. Margot Robbie's yeah. feet were pretty dirty in, in uh, one of time. So, yeah, it's true. Like some dirty toes as well. All right. Keep, keep going, Jay. All right, so he's doing some hood rat shit. We're also meeting Lambeau. Scenes are intercut with Lambeau's kind of like challenging his students to like solve these crazy, uh, crazy mathematic equations. Uh, and then eventually we see the wheel friends. They're at this, this uh, little league and they're, they're fucking around, they're drinking. This guy at this little league game that uh, will a problem with back all the way in kindergarten. So like later in the day, they see him at, um, mm-hmm. I think at where basketball somewhere, he, he essentially jumps the guy. He gets charged with like assault. And, um, all the while he was like, so will was solve the math equations at MIT. Cause he was there as a janitor. And eventually, well, hold, on, hold, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So Lambo's a, a professor there, and he he puts his one problem on the wall. This one mathematical problem that's supposedly like impossible to solve. Like all the students there are trying to solve it, and nobody can. And then Matt Damon's character works at the works as a janitor at the place, and he solves it one night. And they all come back the next day, the students and the teachers, and they're like, "Holy shit, who did this?" And no one will admit to it because no one did it, and no one knows it's him. We, we, I think that's the most important part of the movie right there. Dude. Yeah, yeah. No one knows it's him. Lambo uh, goes on, like, tries to figure out that it's him. Eventually, he does figure out it's him. But while he figures out, he's also, Will's also in trouble with the law. So that's kind of why, why he kind of gets involved with Will in the first place. Yeah. Will and his friends are fucking, like, low-level people. Let's just be honest. They're lower-level oh, yeah. guys. Big Retarded gorillas, I believe, is a quote. In yeah. Yeah. Yes, right. that's what he said. And also, there's like an important scene early on in the movie was like at one point, one of the guys is like working uh, at a, one of these Harvard bars, and like so they go Harvard. out to Harvard Harvard bars and they they start mingling with the smart guys. They immediately have confrontation with this one guy, and then this leads Will to meet like the main love interest of the movie, Skyler. How annoying are people from Boston? 
Oh, yeah, their great. voices are pretty fucking annoying. I'll tell you oh, that. I think God. it's hilarious. It's just a I'd rather watch Godfather than watch a fucking Boston movie. <laughs> <laughs> I like Italians more than I like the Irish, I guess. That's super racist. Yeah, it's pretty racist. <laughs> but they're white, so whatever. I'm sticking with my yeah. comment. Doesn't matter. Yeah, just one voice Doesn't is more matter. annoying than the other. <laughs> Slightly. Yeah. Uh, continue. So yeah, he's a super smart. My my kid's wicked smart. Yeah, uh, his Casey friend, says. yeah, yeah. Casey says his friend's wicked smart. Eventually, Skyler well, meets him. What, also, what I like about the opening, like 10 15 minutes, is you're pretty drawn into it. Like they're they're interesting. Like, it's interesting what they're doing. I mean, I was when I first saw this movie, I was pretty drawn into it. It was I didn't what, know who Ben Affleck or you? Matt Damon are, but I think they paint the I think they paint the town pretty well. Like. I think they do a good job of showing you the lifestyle of like what they are, who they are. Like you're never, you're never like wondering like who are these people, which is pretty good. And it does that really well. I think that that's why I think the screenplay is pretty solid. Like no matter who wrote this, whether it's William Goldman, Kevin Smith, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, whoever did it, they, they fucking killed it. The screenplay was pretty great. There was no, there was no extra things in here to, to worry about. It was all pretty to the point and, on on target with what they had yeah they really were everything is like very well drawn out and yeah like the friendships are especially are like just they just feels very authentic that's why you saying it was bullshit earlier anthony's kind of surprised me because like yeah for sure like everything felt very like authentic to me like it seemed like this is how these people would actually talk even though i don't know what a genius sounds like when he talks but it's it was convincing with these he guys from boston like, say that much yeah yeah well, the, i don't know just like the the friendship seemed real the like just the hood rat shit seemed real like just how these guys like act it it all it, was, yeah, it, it right. seemed authentic hey, to me. maybe i was maybe i was joking yeah <laughs> maybe it's let's a joke. just remind people how much of a hater anthony <laughs> islam is the ultimate hater maybe, yeah, goof maybe i was just hating yeah. a little bit maybe i hate on this movie <laughs> and then i make it number three you know who knows <laughs> it's literally what i was just thinking like well, you're gonna you talk know, shit the whole time and it's gonna rank like number three your, your list makes no sense to me you know what, what i was talking just thinking about too my, my, my words make no sense my list is fine <laughs> i was looking at the list because i was like doing god damn it my internet sucks I'm like, man, Anthony loves this movie. Why is it so low on his thing? Or why is it so high on his thing? Because Anthony is a hater for the sake of hating. Hater from the Himalaya. Hater from the Himalaya. I think he's, he's frozen, frozen this stupid smirk on his face. Oh, because he was like kind of annoying in this movie, and he's the absolute worst in the. fucking good at it and he went to harvard he went to harvard yeah so he knows he knows how to harvard who went to harvard top. matt damon went to harvard yeah you know who didn't go to harvard was robin williams probably ben affleck too yeah robin williams character went to, well no he was i don't know what, what where do they go him and uh lambo I mean, he, were roommates he's in from college. like brooks he well no he went to he went to like mit or whatever with, mit i he, think yeah he went okay, to mit with MIT. uh lambert Lambo, yeah, yeah, whatever, dude. Uh, and he's they're just he's just as smart. He is 
he's fucking Matt Damon. That's that was like the oh, it's so beautiful. He is Matt Damon. That's why he's gonna make him find himself. I should have seen this movie years ago, and I probably would have loved it. But Robin I know Williams, so much about it. Robin Williams' performance, though, in this movie is pretty fucking legendary. Oh yeah. So this let's get back to that. Like the the reason why uh, Top three for sure. Lambo gets involved with Will and tries to get him out of trouble. He wants to, you know, do math stuff with him and get him into like some sort of career path. But he also recognizes the fact that like this kid needs therapy. He's got some some damage. He's got some trauma. So he so he goes on like a shrink search for him, which is a pretty entertaining as it goes with him. Was like, it Lambo's search to get, or was it Lambo's uh, idea to give him therapy, or was it out of court order? The judge. Yeah. No, the judge. The judge was like, "Yo, if you guys, if you guys like take this kid under your wing, give him therapy, and make sure he doesn't do hood rash anymore, we won't fucking put him in jail." That's and then that was the that's how they decided. Yeah, it was, it was an agreement. With the yeah. Court. Which, in my opinion, is the only unrealistic thing about this movie. If you were gonna pick unrealistic things, which I don't think it is that unrealistic, but out of all the things that happened in this movie, that would be the most unrealistic thing. Yeah, a teacher went in and was like, "Yo, let me take care of this kid. I'll put him under my wing." Yeah. And then yeah, I'll report back to you, Court. That's true. That's a good part. Yeah. That, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, like the it seems like a, that's a parole officer's Boom. job. It's Two not like a random fucking solid, thing. unrealistic things. Go ahead. What was the first one? The car? That he's not driving that car across country. <laughs> oh come on. He's he's trying. Also, what an ugly crier Matt Damon is. But no, we'll get there. Right. So <laughs> during the old uh the psycho the, sh- the search for a shrink is what I- I'd like to call it. Uh, they meet a series of uh, shrinks and psychologists, and they uh, it- it's it's some laughs, it's some jokes, it's a good time. And eventually, they meet Sean or Robin Williams' character, and eventually, you know, we quickly realize like they're very similar people. Are you frozen, Schwartz? And Anthony is gone, so it's just me here. Uh oh. Schwartz is gone and Anthony is gone. So hear me. It's me. Just my podcast talking about Robin Williams. All right, fuck it. I'll just keep going. We meet Robin Williams. Uh, Will quickly starts to break down. Hey, Schwartz, you're back. It's me. I'm back. Where uh, where are we? I'm sorry. My connection is terrible. It's all good. Everyone's connection seems a little spotty today. Um, I was talking to no one about uh getting to know Robin Williams, and it finally Will meets Robin Williams, and we recognize that they're like similar people, and we quickly yeah. start like I think we start to realize like Will's problems and like Will's like defense mechanisms and things like that. Well, we realize how smart Will is right then and there. Also, I was listening the whole time. No, I'm fucking frozen. Get into a confrontation where Will's trying to kind of break him down and somehow eventually on like something about his wife. And what Will doesn't know is while Robin's wife is dead at this point. So Robin is very defensive of this. Um so there's a confrontation and uh you know they 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 leave the session for that day, but Robin William wants to continue seeing him again. Let's also paint the whole picture of like uh, Lambo and Ron Williams were like peers for a long time. And Ron Williams, after his wife died, he kind of 
took a lot of his promise and all the smartness and kind of just tucked it all away and decided to become a little bit of a hermit and not really give a fuck about shit. So I think that's why he chose him for him, honestly, because he saw so much of him. And I mean, Lambo said, well, he also went through five before he got to Lambo. So I don't think he definitely wasn't his first or he, before he got to Sean. So he definitely yeah. was his first choice. But, but Lambo says it, later on that even that he is smart. He's smarter than me. He just yeah. didn't apply himself like yeah. I did. He, he, he kind of, he kind of withdrew. And once his wife died and became a college like a community college community teacher. college yeah which what did he teach did he teach psychology is that what he was teaching he he taught psychology like okay. general he psychology was. yeah yeah okay yeah that first yeah. scene with them that first scene is pretty cool how none of them talk and like there he knows that it's all about just who's gonna fucking break first you know, I yeah that was well dope. i think that's like well, their the, like third session because yeah, the first the, the first meet... scene was with the painting the, the, that that first scene was intense when he when yeah. he first breaks him down and and number one, it was intense just the way that Robin Williams handled or Sean handled that. Also, uh, Matt Damon could definitely could have definitely slapped the shit out of him. I thought, or are we are we led to believe that Robin Williams is kind of a badass? He I kind of is because there's even yeah. a part where they talk about like the weightlifting thing, and like I think Will realizes like Robin Williams lifts more than him because he shifts the subject. I think is that I don't know if that's when he talks about like having sex that's or something. When he, he starts bragging about. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, I think that's a whole different time. That, that might be a different area. Well, I don't think so. Maybe though, maybe the was oh, is that why? No, I think you're right because I think they yeah they talk about you're right you're right it is they talk He's like, about do you lift weights like yeah what do you bench it's like two eighty five what do you bench and then he gets up and he walks over to the painting yeah that's that's right that's right yeah. oh, so we're led to believe that he was telling the truth when he said he could bench like two eighty five or whatever he said. Probably, dude. He, he got big shoulders, dude. He's I got mean, big chest. Strong Robin boy. Williams got big dude, hair. He's not a strong boy. Shoulders. That's all muscle, dude. That's hair. That's. that's I feel like it's dog. like back in the day. I feel like back in the day, Robin Williams is probably kind of a badass in this movie because he's kind of because he says he's from Southie too. And I think yeah. if you grow up in that town, you're just automatically put into a situation where you're either a gonna... loser. I don't believe that he was from Southie well. though. I never, I never believed that. Either. He was a veteran. Well, he like went you see in the and out of his veteran. Yeah, yeah. Who, Ryan Williams? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could see that. Despite all that, still won the Oscar. I mean, yeah. He, he won was, an Oscar for this? He did. Rob, he won Rob Best Supporting won Actor. Yeah. Do you think he deserved it? Yeah. Yes. For sure. Yeah. Who was he up against? Uh, Burt Reynolds. Oh, yeah. Burt Reynolds for Boogie Nights. That was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Greg Kinnear and As Good yeah. As It Gets. Boogie Nights and this movie came out the same year. Yeah. yeah. And Titanic. All Titanic's these, like, whatever, but I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. Titanic's amazing. Like just movie. for like epic, like well-known movie, movies. But, yeah. But yeah, I mean, those beat... are just, those are two movies that those are two like non-blockbuster movies. You know, those are two yeah. unique movies. Yeah, yeah. This, this beat Boogie Nights for best original screenplay. Oof. Yeah. Now that I know, cool, now that of, I know that, crazy, that right? now that I know, I don't know. I think Boogie Nights is a little bit better of a screenplay. I don't know. I was thinking Did about nobody that. watched I'm, Titanic. I'm, I'm almost like more compelled every time. Yeah, I've seen this good. movie so many times. Like, and I, I just love the dialogue. I love the story structure, just how it's broken down. Like, even looking at it from like a psychology standpoint, like seeing all these like beats it hits. It's like it's it's so well written. No, it is, and, and I and I think that's why it won is because it was two yeah. people who were nobodies who were like wrote yeah. this pretty amazing screenplay. Well, young Paul Thomas Anderson wrote a fucking killer movie. He did a he great did. job, and if if he second place, if there was, was a silver medal Oscar, movie? 
It was it his was second movie. Technically second movie, but that's kind of what made him it made him yeah yeah because then after that he was able to make magnolia which we've talked about like the just this like unlimited budget never heard of it just like able to just do whatever with so yeah paul thomas anderson came out that year and and killed it as well but yeah these guys won that won the oscar Hmm. well for their first movie i guess it was right. yeah and all of those guys to be fair i think all of them were probably like mid-20s right then when they wrote it paul thomas anderson ben and matt damon all of them I think they were like, all like I think Paul Thomas I think Paul Thomason was like 27 or 28. I think these guys were a little younger. Yeah, yeah something like that. Yeah, cuz well, I think he was like 29 when he made Magnolia, so. Yeah. He probably wrote he probably they probably all wrote this That's true. like around 20, 25 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, we're fucking up. Yeah. Why haven't we written a script like like at least one good one? I know. Dude, writing a script as good as Boogie Nights, that's that's a feat. Easy. That's a feat. It's easy, easy, dude. You, I'll write one tonight. We'll fucking shoot it tomorrow. It's dialogue, <laughs> man. Dialogue is, is the hardest shit to write, and they yeah. fucking kill it. In that's this movie. that's what I kill. That's what I'm good at, dude. That's all I'm good at. All right, so keep going. <clears throat> so eventually, Will and Skyler go on a date. Skyler played by Mini Driver. Just a little English Name hottie. Your five favorite Mini Driver movies. I don't. I don't think really I've seen five movies she's in. Other mini driver movies. You think she would have Oh, Gross Point Blank. Gross Point oh, Blank yeah. she was good in. That's a yeah, good well, movie. Yeah, what happened to me? I know driver. the name. I don't know what movie she was in. Like, what else was I know she the in? name, but You're right. I, I, I she was missed... in a t- she was in a TV show for a little while. I don't remember what it was called though. Yeah, I think TV this sucks. and Gross Point Blank, Gross yeah. Point Blank are the only movies I can actually remember her from. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, whenever yeah, I see her, I just immediately think of of this movie. Like this is the only thing that really comes to mind when I think Mini Driver. So she Sorry, meets he meets Mini Driver. Mini Driver in the uh, in the bar, steals yeah, her at, from at, one at of the, the douches. Yeah, and then uh, they they start quoting things, and then he go and then they turn around and they're like, "All right, how do we do with this dude?" And then Matt Damon goes, "Tell you one thing, it's hunting season." Pulls out a shotgun, <laughs> blasts him away. And then what happened? This was that was Goodwill Hunting too. You're jumping ahead. Yeah, Goodwill Hunting to, 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 to Hunting to se- Season to the sequel. Yeah, Hunting Season. Oh my that's bad. The ne- that's the next movie. Sorry, we're he just he just we're talking he, about the he just quotes he just quotes movies and then uh he just slaps numbers onto a thing. And he's like, "How you like them apples?" It's the most that clever line. It's okay, that's so ever been written. do. Do people say that? Was that a saying before this? I don't movie? know. I think this started it. This was the uh, the the original. Do you like, like apples? Apple. How you How like do you them like apples? them apples? Like what? What? Where did? Why is that number one? Where? Why apples? Is Massachusetts known for apples? I don't know. I just think um, he just said it because he thought it was clever, and it's never been said before. And it was clever, and everyone laughed. Was it clever? How the do you like world, how whole, you like them apples? The whole world has laughed at that line. Ugh. Every everyone has seen seen this movie, and everyone has laughed. I didn't laugh. I I, I that, saw it, and I was did. like, "Why would he say that?" That scene has been parodied in a lot of things. Yeah. You chuckled, and then you were like, "That was weird." No chuckle. He should have just thrown the middle finger on the window and said, "I got a number." <laughs> Yeah, that would have worked. That was a anyway, great line. stupid line. And then eventually, him and Skylar went out and had a great time, and they seemed to like each other a lot. 
But at first, Will kind of blew her off because it seemed like he was afraid of her getting to know him. Well, let's be honest. Underneath his exterior of tough guy, he's a big little baby who's kind of a puss. What? He's kind Why? of a puss. He's a he's kind of a pussy, especially emotionally. He's kind of just a just a person who has no idea what the fuck they need or want. No, it's the fact that he's a victim of abuse, and because of that abuse, he's um constantly worried. Like he's he's treated, or he th- he thinks he's gonna just let people down, because that's what he's been um kind of conditioned, conditioned to think his whole his whole life during the abuse that he wasn't ever good enough. So he was always beaten as a child. Yeah. So he's emotionally I crippled. Calling, like I think emotionally calling, crippled. calling him a puss would have been exact detrimental to the whole point of this entire movie. Exactly. Yeah. So he's emotionally. A he's, puss. he's traumatized. Sure. That's fine too. It's another way of saying it. And because of that trauma is the whole reason scumbag is the whole reason that we have his character arc and that's explored through his the whole point sessions. of this movie. This this movie's a love story. Oh, I, I get it. I get it. It's a love story, but it's also this coming of age story. It's like learning about himself and it's just I don't know, there's like how they broke the dude's it. Dude's just a puss. I mean, honestly, I I, I I equated a lot of him to you. How you don't you you kind of just uh you kind of just have you kind of just have your own way of thinking things, your own way of doing things. Sure. So yeah. are you a puss? Are you emotionally a puss? Um, to an extent, sure. It's 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 that the fact that he expects failure. Like he expects the worst case scenario to happen, so he doesn't ex- ex- excel. He doesn't try to advance himself because he ultimately thinks whatever is gonna happen is gonna be the worst case scenario. And that's explored in the conversation he has with like Skyler of why when Skyler invites him to California, he's like, oh, no, because once you learn this about me, you're not going to like me. And so eventually you're going to end up re- uh, resenting me because you don't like me. And then you're stuck with me. And like he just goes to this crazy, like worst case scenario when like. Yeah. So what does he do? He gets in a car. He doesn't happen. call her. He gets in a car that's not going to make it all the way there. And he tries to go there by the time he gets there. It's going to take him five days. She's going to find someone else. So let's be honest. He's probably right self-sabotaging and he kind of still does it with the car because you know that fucking car is not going to make it but he's at least trying now he's at least leaving southie he's he's trying because he is realizes because there's that conversation of like that he what he should have done on. is join the goddamn nsa that's what he should have done well he doesn't want to do that because again he has that conversation where he goes into this extremely absurd worst case scenario of like if he solves some code then he like a, a village gets bombed and then like these people die and then his friend goes over there and gets shrapnel on his ass and then this has to happen and then his friend gets cancer and then like all at the same time there's an oil spill and this and this and that. i think and that's i think all that's less fish. likely than his than that girl finding someone else i'm sorry True, but that's that's all I'm I'm saying. Like he just his his head just goes to these worst case scenarios. That's his character flaw, and it's just it's just a, a, a movie about psychology for the most part. Like it's 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 sure there's the relationship and all that, but there's there's a lot of just interesting psych psychology shit in here. Nah. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's a love story. That's what I got. It's out a love of. story. It's a love but story. like, if you, I don't know. I I I'd sure I I saw a video that helps me like. Review, was more on the nose with what i'm trying to say i don't care about but the video it's you all tell there me. you tell me 
I just did. It kind of broke it down in these like these uh just how how he was is how he was his this traumatized character and like why he was traumatized and like how his brain worked because of said trauma and why he couldn't find love and at the end he did yeah why yeah he couldn't find love because he always put up these blockers he put up like a wall because he would eventually think he's gonna let this person down so it's a love instead story. of letting someone down he refused to let anyone in and beautiful love story did. yes it's a love story it is it is a good love story he couldn't find love. He doesn't find love. Robin Williams convinces him to find love. Robin Williams yeah. finds love again. He leaves. He becomes Mrs. Doubtfire. Yes, he became Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Everyone grew from this. They grew from each other. It was a beautiful relationship. He grew a big pair of tits. In the movie called Mrs. Doubtfire. Great also, movie. Chris, Should we talk Chris about Columbus, that a little bit? Right? Chris Columbus? Yeah, did he write and direct Mrs. Doubtfire? He did. What? Chris Chris Columbus Columbus might be my favorite director of all time. I watched. I watched pretty fucking classic movies. Rent wasn't very good. Well, yeah, Harry Potter didn't like Rent. Was definitely. I didn't really like the movie Rent. Harry Potter Two was definitely Chris Columbus's last great film. Never saw it. I mean, Rent was it. The way he the rents to make that movie, he I feel like you don't really have a whole lot of options. It is what it is. He didn't write it. Yeah, yeah, true. Same with Harry Potter, but but like you know, whatever. Maybe you just don't like. There was the a it's a rent. there was a it's a wonderful life reference in Rent, and I and I wonder if the it's a wonderful life is in the actual play, or if like well, Columbus he- kind of got that in there because he, he also wrote movies he also wrote the screenplays to the harry potter movies in rent so it was definitely his interpretation of those stories <laughs> i mean yeah you, you i don't know if you play. did he yeah. did he write the screenplay to rent or did he just take the the play rent i'm not you sure know what i want to see potter he wrote yeah, yeah harry potter is great he's just talking shit on rent i thought rent was good but i also like never seen the play well, I'm yes, pretty yes. sure Chris Columbus. I'm pretty sure Chris Columbus has written almost everything he's directed, because he's written a lot of things he hasn't directed too. Why don't you be stop being pretty sure and be hundred percent sure? Well, he didn't write. I'm sure enough. He didn't write Home Alone. John Hughes wrote Home Alone. Chris Columbus just directed that. Yeah. He's, sometimes he just writes. Sure sometimes you he does Schwartz. Sometimes he does both. I'd say if he's directed twelve movies, he's written ten of them. Doesn't has he directed twelve? Like I don't know how many he's directed. Probably. Let's count them. What's your 12 favorite Chris Columbus movies? Written or directed by? Direction. Because <laughs> he, he wrote Goonies but didn't direct it. And directed Home Alone but didn't write it. And those are like my two favorites by him. But I'm going Home Alone. Categories, technically. Yeah, fuck the Goonies. Goonies is its own thing. Going Home Alone. Going the Harry Potters. What about Gremlins? That was a Joe Dante directing, but it was Home Alone written. I mean, not Home Alone written. Chris Columbus written. That was his first writing. Uh, no. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm talking direction. Direction. What movie are we talking about today? Miss Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. Adventures in Babysitting Ever, watch, dude. Making, we're making you watch Mrs. Doubtfire. No, we're talking about uh, Gus Van Sant's Good Will Hunt. TVS? ZVZ? Yeah. 
where were we? They were dating. Gus uh, yeah, is actually bar, a pretty crazy career. That, uh, he, the, yeah. she's like, she's like, come to California with me, and he's like, nah, I can't do it. I gotta do this or whatever. However they talk, and you're gonna, you're gonna hate, you're gonna hate me. You're gonna hate me. You know, oh, you know, you're gonna resent fucking, me. Firefighters are fucking queers. And then he's like, why don't you go chase a cat up a tree? But throughout, there's like some just great. There's great dialogue in this movie. I really enjoy it. Like the the car ride scenes just alone are like just fun. Like when it's like the four guys just like bullshitting in the car. Yeah, honestly, anything with Ben Affleck's pretty spot on in this movie. Any yeah. scene he's in. I love the scene where like uh, Skyler and they're like telling jokes. Mm-hmm. And she a, tells the cum yeah. joke. <laughs> yeah, and then he tells yeah. like that. Yeah, that cop joke. Yeah. Yeah, just like all those scenes just seem like very like organic. They just they just seemed like well done to me. I, I like but when not funny them. jokes. They weren't I, funny. They're I like when Ben Affleck goes to the interview for him and he just plays a complete car salesman. That shit is right. funny scene. That, shit that was, was the best part of the movie. I mean, I th- honestly think the best part to this movie is any scene between Ryan Williams and, and Matt Damon. All those scenes are yeah. definitely the best in definitely. the therapy sessions. They really are. They're just really, really good just acting at like top form top tier acting top tier sure, acting for sure and just script writing yeah i mean you need the script in order yeah. to get a good movie you need a great script but like robin williams you need the just script to so act. fucking good he was so good like when he tells a story about carton carton fisk hitting the home run and he missed it because he was in the bar that's probably my favorite scene in the movie yeah, see about that's a good story yeah it's a yeah. good story I didn't get the uh, the last line until I watched it again. I forgot he said that in that mm-hmm. story. You gotta see oh, about yeah. a girl. He, that's the greatest way to end that movie too. He's like, "Son of a bitch stole my line." That was such a good way to end it. Apparently, that was improv as well. From I mean, of course from it was. Robbie Willies. Ryan yeah. Williams is fucking. He's a goddamn genie. He's a great. Yeah, he's great. Top tier. Ron Williams was nominated a bunch of times before this too, and never won. And people were mm-hmm. like, "Damn, man, when is he gonna get it?" And he finally got it. Well, is it? I, I was wondering this myself. Like, is it? Do you think because he was more uh, the lead role in those movies, like maybe he's a better like supporting actor? Because I this, think I think he was nominated for what, like Good Good uh, or not Good uh, Dead Poet Society, and then like Good Morning Vietnam and Awakenings. I think too, right? Awakenings. Yeah, was he lead or was he supporting? In that? I don't know. I, don't I think he was lead, and De Niro was supporting, but it could have been both lead. I'm not sure. I think what it was is that he he had the thing of that he was a comedian, comedian trying to do dramatic stuff, and he did a lot of dramatic stuff, and people were like, "Damn, he's good." But there's a lot of hesitance to give people like that trophies because they aren't considered to be that good of dramatic actors but they prove people yeah. wrong like look how good jim carrey is like yeah he's, he's never one been of the nominated. best actors ever Not i know he's nominated. never been nominated. crazy his performances are so good yeah there's been so many good movies that yeah have just been overlooked yeah but a lot of times that comedians don't don't get it but robin williams was served by this time by 1997 people didn't look on him as just a comedian people just looking at him as a fucking like an actor you know what i mean yeah, there was the Fisher King as well. I think he got nominated. It's a great movie. That's a King great movie. fucking movie. That's gonna. Yeah, that's like actually that on my list. That's gonna be on my list to watch. I've always kind of. We haven't watched it. Terry Gilliam. one as well. Yeah. And we've all seen like Fear and Loathing, so that would be my first pick. But we've all seen mm-hmm. it. Have you seen a Fisher King or the Fisher King, Anthony? I think so. Okay. Crazy homeless Robin Williams and then Jeff Daniels. No, Jeff Bridges. No, the dude. Jeff Bridges. No, I've not seen the Fisher those, King. Those, those bastards. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's like 1993 or something. Sean Connery's not in that movie. 
No. no. You're thinking of um, what's the Sean Connery movie that Anton occurred? Fisher? And no, you're think you're thinking of you're thinking of Finding Forrester, which is also directed by Gus Van Sant. Finding oh, Forrester. Yeah. That that's is a great movie. Y'all the man now, dog. Y'all the man <laughs> now, dog. Yeah, that that's one. one of that's one of Gus Van Sant's top three movies, in my opinion. I think this movie, To Die For, and that are probably the three best Gus Van Sant movies, followed by Drugstore Cowboy, and you won't get that far on, on foot. Yeah, Don't Get Far on Foot's really good. I actually oh. think you should have chose that, man. That acting in that movie is so ridiculous. I've just always loved It's a great movie. It's absolutely a great movie. But this has always been just one of my favorite movies. And like, It's a great movie. Wanted to explore just like why I like it so much because I never really thought about it that much. I just kind of always just enjoyed it. It's one of um, it's a movie I can just put on and watch like any time. I also think the age you were when you saw this movie, you were probably getting into movies and you were probably like, "Damn, that's a good fucking movie." You know? What I, I think mean? so. I think yeah, so. that yeah. happened to me a lot with a lot of things. Yeah, like, in '97, I... I'm sure this was this was like a really good good movie. The I mean, game. it's a good movie, but like. You know, maybe it's just hyped up for me. I just, it was just hyped up. Everyone's like, this is the best movie in the world. Oh my God. I'm just like, all right, this is all right. The movie that did that for me, that made me think about movies in a different way, was The Game, the Fincher's movie, The Game with Michael Douglas. That also came out in 1997. And when I saw that movie, I was like, damn, like, that's a fucking, that's cool. First movie I ever saw like that. I think that's why Fincher's my favorite director because of the, the, just the, of the, the, uh, the gravity of that where I can saw you can make like a dark movie like that and still be like really, really entertaining and really well done. Obviously I was only fucking 10 years old when I saw it. So it's like, <laughs> it's kind of right. You know? Yeah. I, yeah. I remember like seeing this movie in theaters, like with my dad, like okay. surprisingly remember seeing it. it like, That's probably another reason why you love it. Cause of that reason right there. Yeah. And then I remember even watching the Oscars and like watching like Bennett Affleck and Matt Damon win and like mm-hmm. it being like a big moment. Cause he's like, yeah, dudes. Surprise. Matt Damon never like had a, a dad when it seemed like, yeah, no dad, no mm-hmm. dad. Damon is what they call them. Really? You know, snow dad no is better oh. than no dad. <laughs> That's what they say. Snow dad. Yes, from, no dad. It's from uh, no dad. It's from uh, Jack Frost, starring Jack Michael Frost, King. not the horror movie. Yeah, he says that in the movie. It's pretty dumb. I just watched it. It's it's a really dumb movie. You watched that movie? <laughs> I mean, I've seen it before. It's a it's a staple. It's a classic. Yeah, I guess. But uh, it's not good. It's terrible, yeah. actually. Yeah, Michael Keaton had a six or seven year span where he kind of just made to do yeah he's great now he's great now i mean jackie brown was in the mixed in there so he mixed out in there pretty good that's my probably one of my favorite roles i always think his loss for not winning for birdman and oscar that's always like one of my like biggest crazy that's like one of the biggest steals in my opinion the two biggest steals in my opinion that i've been uh eddie eddie raymore for uh playing stephen hawking's idiot which he was great he was great he was awesome he was great but what's his name deserved it and i think the two one trick pony biggest snubs i've ever i've ever seen are that and tarantino losing for glorious bastards screenplay for glorious bastards yeah because everything that you're no matter how great you're for glorious bastards honestly i mean sure hurt locker great movie give give her the director give give it best picture but you cannot tell me that that screenplay was better yeah. than in glorious bastards my dude but he loved Glorious war bastards. more than he loved his family 
Inglorious Bastards was probably Tarantino's best screenplay besides for Pulp Fiction. What year did that yeah. win, did Hurt Locker win? 2010 or 2011? I think it was it was the the for the 09 for like the movies that came out in 2009 oh, so it would have been like the 2010 Oscars cuz that was also Avatar year and a lot of people thought Avatar was going to win everything but ended up Hurt Locker ended up winning everything. Yeah. Fucking so, Bigelow. Yeah, was wasn't she? Year, wasn't yeah, was she? Like, uh, wasn't she married to Avatar? Yeah, she, she was. was yeah, they were. Ex, I think they were exes at the time. They were ex, uh, ex lovers or ex marriage. Ex marriage. Think they're still banging. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't I mean, really I thought about that. Do you think? <laughs> do you think James Cameron's banging in virtual reality? That's the better question. Who? who I don't James even understand Cameron how James need to go Cameron. to virtual reality to bang, dude. He ba- he'll, he'll bang in a submarine. <laughs> I really, 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 really hope James Cameron has banged someone in a submarine as I'm low sure. as they I'm can go. Sure as he <laughs> I, I know so. me personally, I would have done that. I think he had to go by himself in mm-hmm. his submarine. So at least I hope he jerked off at the at the bottom of the Marianas. Yeah, me yeah. too. I hope he took a picture of it splattered on the window. Load. I wonder if it was like if the if the compression would have like would have like stunted it like made the, it into the, a baby automatically he comes off like, like, i wonder, I wonder how baby. big your i wonder how big your dick is at two miles below the below the water i don't know man if we ever meet mr Pressure's cameron all, those, are, those are the weird. first questions we got weird pressure you know, down there his his submarine shrank like five inches or something when it got shrinks. down like that's insane well then his dick definitely shrunk a little bit if if there was a crack in one of those fucking windshield, one of those windows, he would have just been a pink mist. Dude, imagine that. That would have been a great imagine, way to go. like while he's beaten off. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a white mist and then a pink mist. Oh my god, that's the so cum funny. It's the window, it just shatters it. That's so funny. <laughs> that's so funny. Poor James. Anyways, James. Yeah, he got, what do you mean, poor snubbed. James? That guy's rich, doing whatever he wants. That guy's living the life. That guy's jerking off to the lowest, <laughs> off, lowest part of the earth. Jerking off in the Mariana Trench. <laughs> you think he's thinking of Catherine? I don't know. No way, dude. <laughs> no, Probably no way. sometimes. He was, he was Probably thinking of chicks than Catherine. He was, he was thinking of Jessica Alba and Angel because he produced oh, that yeah. too. Dark Angel. Dark Angel, Oof. yeah. That was a good show. Yeah. Good show. Only two one. seasons of that, or three seasons of that. I think it was one season. Was it only one? I think oh, so. I loved that show. How, How did I love it? it? Just one season. Maybe it is two. I don't know. It wasn't very long though. I don't know what happened. Uh, anyway, eyes keep only. Going. Dude. Keep going, Jake. All right. So yeah, they met. They dated. They went to therapy. Um, there was a state Wait, trooper what? joke. Um, we re- learn about Will being the self saboteur that he is. We find out about his abuse, and we find out there there was the, the pivotal "it's not your fault" scene. Yeah, this is, I think scene. this is after. But this I is think after, that's what Schwartz was talking about when he was calling him a little bitch. Yeah, this is after like Skyler does leave. She goes to California, despite Will trying to, you know, or Will pretty much pushes pushes her away. So Skyler leaves, goes to California. Will doesn't take the job at the NSA. Um, yeah, and then he eventually finishes therapy, but uh, he learns it's not his fault. You get the it's not your fault scene. <laughs> he learns it's not his fault. <laughs> I mean, what's not his fault? It's like it it in like in that stage, he like goes through all like the, the phases of like 
of it, everything. He like pushes them away, tries to like put up a put up a wall, and eventually breaks down. Man, he realizes it's not his fault. All the abuse that he went through. That's a powerful scene. That's a pretty yeah. powerful scene. The abuse, the trauma yeah. is not his fault, and it's important for him to realize that because once he realizes that, he can forgive himself. Then he can follow his dreams. Yeah, but once he California. forgives himself, is it from that point on everything his fault? When does nah, the motherfucker take ownership? That's all I want to know. Because there's the part sure where right he there. talks about how it's like he doesn't want to pursue the relationship because he doesn't want to like fail. So um, Will kind of calls uh, Sean out on the fact this is a little earlier that like Sean doesn't want to meet another woman in his life because like his 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 wife's already dead. So he's also kind of calling him the same shit like. If why am I if if I have to follow my dreams, why don't you keep going? Why don't you keep living? Like you know, living is important. That's yeah. sort of like what Sean tries to instill in him that like he doesn't know. Even early on, he's like, you don't know shit. You're just a kid. Like Will hasn't lived. Like he he needs to he he needs to go live his life. I didn't realize that he was only twenty in this movie. I I, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, because at the very end he, he turns well. We he also turns yeah. and he and we kind of missed uh, he has the car and like, he leaves. One of the other pivotal scenes, which is. Mr. Affleck telling him base yeah. Mr. Affleck's the one that turned him around yeah. ben, uh, his, yeah. his boy squeaky or whatever his name was. He was the one that said, <laughs> he said <laughs> his boy fucking chappy was like, yo, number one gangster robot. You don't fucking do it. You don't do it. I'm going to, you're going to, you're disrespecting me kid. Like he says shit like that. And, and he's like, it's not, don't do it for you. Do it for us. Do it for yeah. us. I that's think he was like, him around. I think that's like the that's yes the the once he starts crying and shit like that's a that's that's important. That's when he really sinks in. But I think what changes his mind is his is his best friend saying the truth to him. Yeah. You're right. Saying I think it's ten a seconds. I walk up to yeah. your goddamn door. I hope you're not goddamn there, and I hope you left, and I hope you're doing yeah. bigger and better things. I don't know if that's the way I would have taken off. I mean, after he said that, yeah, that's a like a that's a it's a cute thing to do but i would have said bye i mean it's a movie though it adds way more way more yeah. coolest I mean, to no. the movie <laughs> bro they're irish yeah. it's called the irish goodbye that's, that's what they too. do that's, that's racist role i think what's cool about this movie too is the relationship between ben Aff i mean uh robin williams and matt damon because like we said earlier like it's alluded that matt that uh Ryan Williams probably came up very similar to this and that's why he relates to him so much. But like, not only does Ben, but does, does Matt Damon open up because of him, but he also opens up because of Matt Damon. I think that scene in the park where they meet in the park and he tells him like, Hey, you may know art, but you've never seen the Mona Lisa. You may know music, but you've never seen a concert. Like, like I think that to me is the scene that won Ryan Williams, the Oscar, honestly, that was a great scene. <clears throat> That was yeah, that little uh, monologue he had. It was pretty great. It was pretty awesome. It's, it's when, like yeah. through yeah, throughout, yeah. like just throughout. Robin Williams killed it, but yeah, I think that one in particular. One of the interviews gets, like, I I saw said they that that was a verbatim. There was zero improv or anything in that. Yeah. That was a verbatim speech. Yeah, which was a great Mr. speech. Demon. Great fucking speech. Yeah, great fucking speech. I mean, yeah, that, even the way like that movie. My dad would say. 
even the way that movie was shot was pretty that way that scene was shot was pretty epic like there's a lot of ways you could have shot that but it was it was really done well i guess editing was the what made that the really well. the camera I, there was interesting camera moves uh especially during the scenes where rob where they were talking at the robin williams and matt damon of crossing over the going going behind like know, the camera moving the, ca- behind the camera's moving behind the the head mm-hmm. starting on the right side ending on the left side Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't see that very often, and I enjoy that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie was kind of like the perfect storm in that, like, new new actors and and writers that were coming up. Like Gus Van Sant, the director, was like, "This is his career defining movie." After he made two really really good independent films, and then obviously, like you said, you got Ron Williams firing at all cylinders. Like, I don't know if this is peak Matt Damon or peak Gus Van Sant because they were coming up, but this is definitely peak Ron Williams. No, this is like the beginning of Matt Damon. And yeah, th- this could be maybe peak Van Zant. Maybe it's hard to say because he, uh, he had a few good years. Identity? He had some good years after them with uh, Van Zant. Because uh, he made just interesting choices. He made like the that death trilogy. If you're familiar with it, which ones? Oh yeah, like where yeah, it was like yeah, Elephant was like Ken Park or whatever. Like basically after uh, Columbine, and then there was a movie called Jerry. That Elephant was is a remake, believe it or not. It is. Yeah. Is it? Mm-hmm. I've, there was I've actually seen the original. It's like it's literally like 22 minutes. To yeah, last 20 minutes short. Last days was the Kirk Cobain one. Yeah. Yeah. The Jerry was written by um, Matt Damon and Casey Affleck, and it stars them. It's just them walking yep. around a fucking desert for like an hour and a half. I've seen yeah. that movie. It's pretty bad. Yeah, it's it's all right, and but that's also based on a true story because that well, there was like a, a case where a friend like murdered his friend in the desert because his friend was like dying. It was kind of like the mm. argument for euthanasia. So like I think he oh, okay. made, wanted to make a movie about that, or they wanted to make a movie about that. So okay, that was what that was. Based Can we on. just so write a bad movie were... and fucking film it, please? Yeah, we can. We should write a bad movie and make it look kind of mediocre, but kind of cool. And have three idiots like us being like, you know what? I thought it was all right. These movies, like, they work. Like, look at the Duplass brothers. Look at like Joe Swanberg and those guys. Like, okay, well, like those. No like, offense to the Duplass brothers, but Gus Van Sant's movies are miles better. They are, but I'm saying, like, if you go on that Kilometers. approach, where it's still very doable yeah no for sure i think creep i think those creep Creep. movies were pretty great movies those are genius for sure exactly creep movie like great great compelling story and it's like very simply made yes and it's very very uh very creepy yeah (laughs) that's just this movie's a decently compelling story and it's very simply made yeah but it's got really good dialogue and really good actors the actors the actors is what makes it yeah dialogue's great but if it, would, if it didn't have Robbie Wills and Mr. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll give it that. Robin Williams. Sorensen, whatever his name is. Robin Williams definitely is the is the catalyst for this movie being as good as it is. What do you guys think the budget was? I'm looking at it right now. Uh, I think uh, it was like 8 21 to 10. million. I think it was like 8 to 10 million. 21. It was uh, 10. 10 yeah. million. And it made but like 220. Mm, yeah, 225. Yeah, that's a fucking success right there. Million dollars, yeah. That's a success. Of box office, goddamn. <laughs> yeah. Nice job, boys. So they got to make another movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. This guy's so, only uh, a few So wait, that. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon had a pretty good career after that, huh? Yeah, I guess, they, yeah. What they else were up, they in? They ended up doing all right. <laughs> yeah, they ended up doing okay. We just got <sighs> Bat- Batman and Jason Bourne over here. That's about it. All right, who's better? Who's better, Ben Affleck or Matt Damon? Okay, so if you would have asked me a couple years ago, I would have said Damon all the way, but now it's definitely Ben Affleck as a filmmaker. Ben Affleck's a better filmmaker. Yeah, it's what. Yeah, it depends on what you're asking. I think 
I think as an who's actor, better? I'm just saying I who's think, better. I think as an actor, Matt Damon may have played better roles, but I think as a director, Ben Affleck's pretty good because The Town, Gone Baby Gone, and Argo are three pretty great movies. Affleck's a terrible actor. Damon's probably not a good director. We will I mean, never know. Sure. We'll never know unless yeah, he, directs he still hasn't directed. Yeah. I've, I've asked him. He does. I've, I've asked I, him. I went and saw. He's gonna direct. I asked an eight ball. You asked him said, to to his face. I, I asked him. I'm like, are you gonna direct? What's going What's going on? Like you're producing shit. You're writing shit. What's up? Are you directing or what? Ben, I don't did think. It? You I don't think it? he will. I think if you want to do that, and and, and what did he say? And he's just like, you know, I considered it, and uh, you know, ultimately, uh, I, I I I I like the producer role and blah 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 blah. And where were you when you were hanging out with Mr. Demon? I was in a, a auditorium full of people after the screening of Manchester by the Sea. I think Schwartz was with me. I was. And uh, I yeah, do Matt, remember Matt you asking him this question. I forgot yep. about that. Yep. It was me, you, and Justin. I totally yeah. forgot about that. Wow. I totally forgot about that. You did ask yeah, him cause, that. Cause he was I remember you raised your hand. I was like, yeah. Oh man, what's he gonna ask? Because he considered directing <laughs> Manchester by the Sea, and I well, I he also like he that. also was gonna star in Manchester by the Sea. Yeah. He passed it along to Casey, which Matt Damon probably won the Oscar too, because whoever yeah. played that part was gonna win the Oscar. Yeah, he still produced it, and that was yeah. kind of it. He's just been producing yeah. and acting. Yeah, and he just prefers that those roles, I guess. Dude, directing is a fucking hard job. If you're For not sure. trying to do it, there's no point in doing it. Yeah, I'm not trying to do it. I get it. It's hard. I could do it. Anyway, let's do it. Um, I'll do it, dude. I would direct whatever you want. Fucking do it, bro. I'm fucking savage. Let's go. Um, what were we saying though? Who who do you think's the best actor, Anthony? Who do you think's better? Actor? Just overall, I guess. What what was your question? Was it overall or was it actor? I don't know. I just said who's better. It's hardest. I think it was it was better. the same answer. Like Matt Damon's a better actor, but who would you rather kiss on the Matt mouth? Matt Affleck has has been in some impressive in some roles. Um, yeah, but- he's good. I think Matt Damon, Matt Damon throughout, he's a better actor, and but Ben Affleck is a great director. I've liked most of his movies mm-hmm. that he's directed, and I think he's mm-hmm. done a good job. He's also Gone, pulling, uh, gone Baby Jennifer. Gone. Gone Baby Gone is definitely mm-hmm. his best film as a director, in my opinion. That's a great movie. When you talk about like crime thrillers, mystery crime movies, that's pretty fucking great. The town's good, town's but really the town's the town's really good, but the town is sometimes just a little bit on the nose with how it works out. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. But yeah. sounds uh, like Gom- all right. Yeah, Gone Baby Gone's, Gone Baby Gone's really wild. good. Gone Baby Gone's wild really ride. fucking good. Yeah. And I think what it is is Casey Affleck was the star, so he, like he didn't have to do everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're all yeah, Casey's he's good. Good. <laughs> he's good. Good filmmaker. Good director. Sure. I think Casey's a better actor than both of them. Honestly, Casey's great. Yeah. Uh, Casey's not Jason Bourne, so I don't know how. I don't know how we can have that argument. If you want to yeah. go by go by go by Oscar situations, he's the only one with an acting Academy Award above true. out of all those three. That is true. All right. Okay. Let, let's not go by that. If we're going by Oscar, <laughs> if we're going by let's Oscars, go by something else. Let's go by what is Anthony's favorite movie, and it's The Born Identity. <laughs> you know, here's something. Crazy. He's probably never, the best I've action never, guy. I've never seen any of the Born movies. They look to do. I don't think I've seen. They're any of them definitely either. not to do. I don't know. Good. They just they were in Tony Frame. It's honestly like after John Wick. Them, now that John Wick's a thing, maybe. I mean, Bourne could go fuck himself. But before John Wick, Bourne movies right. were great. Bourne movies is what John took Wick like Gun Kudo and that, that kind of like that over over edited, quickly quick cuts. Like it, the Bourne movies did take that over the limit. First one was good. 
but it got crazy where it's like, I don't even know what's going on. Like it, this action scene cut so insanely. I don't even, I'm, I'm number one, I'm motion sick. Number two, I don't know who's where and I don't know who's winning. Yeah. Yeah. There's four of those movies, right? There's three with, with Damon. And then there's like and one with Jeremy with, Renner. Uh, I think Renner. there's one with Jeremy Renner. Just one. Just one. No, I think so, new, but I'm not sure. He's the new Hassan Bourne. Yeah. I think the newest one, the newest one was Matt Damon. I think it went Damon, Damon, Renner, Damon. Damon had three. Yeah, I think he did the first two and the fourth one. No, he had three in a row before Jenner. Well, then there's five of them. There must be five. Yeah, because he's got the new one. If he came back, yeah. Yeah. Because there's the Bourne Identity, the Bourne... I, uh, the Born Ultimatum and the Born Supremacy. supremacy. Those and then are there's, all Demon. And then there's the newest one is Jason Bourne, which is also Demon. So there's no doubt that his name is Demon. Do you think he's a Satanist? I mean, I don't know. He's had a, he's Schwartz, had a, didn't you think he was a ghost in this movie? <laughs> Who? <Matt> also, <laughs> is 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 Robin Williams dead the whole time? Does he even exist? Can we have this conversation? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, two separate people in, def- in different scenes talk to him, so independently. So I think he it's, one it's, introduces him to the other. So maybe he's introducing him to a figment of imagination. I mean, the first few scenes oh. they're not saying anything. He doesn't even accept that there's a real person there until finally he kind of gives in. He starts talking. Who's he talking to? Is he talking to himself? Is that what ghosting means? Is that when you introduce someone to a ghost? <laughs> His wife. The fart jokes, like those are not funny jokes, and they were laughing their asses off. Like, what? What's going on there? I mean, those, that's those just, are ge- those that's are genuine, a, genuine. Yeah, that's just, just an endearing. They were thing. laughing that's their asses an off, and thing. none of that was funny. None of it. It Having was not funny. My wife farted in her sleep. Like, if I was like, oh yeah, my wife farts in her sleep. You guys aren't laughing. Like, it's not. We're, they were laughing their asses off. Yeah, I bet he was laughing be, at something else. We're in a good space, but that's because of the situation they were in. They were sharing feelings and, and telling things that telling things you don't want to tell people. That's something that like you don't really share with people because it's very close to the heart. You know what I mean? And he told him something that he probably never told anybody else. Oh, I get it. Oh, I'm being vulnerable. I get it. I get the idea, but it wasn't funny. Like Robin Williams says some funny fucking shit. And that wasn't very funny. Can you just think of something else? Think of something funnier. I mean, I think in that instance, it wasn't about being funny. It was about being like opening up and being endearing. But they were laughing. I would have laughed at that. If you told me that in that situation where we're fucking talking about me being an emotional puss, I'd laugh a lot about that. You're an emotional puss. Now laugh. I would would laugh if you told me a joke like that. Tell me a joke like that. You're an emotional puss. All right, keep going. <laughs> got him. Got him, got City. Him. What else? Did you what guys even you? like this movie? I love this movie. You want to know how much I like this movie? I like this movie so much, and I've seen it so much, I didn't even watch it. I've seen it probably five times, and the last time I saw it was over a year ago. Hey, good effort, Schwartz. I know everything about this movie I need to know. I've seen this movie so many times. I've seen it a bunch of times, but I yeah. still watched it. I started to watch it. I got 20 minutes in. I was like, I've seen this so many times. I don't even need to see this. All right. So you started watching it. You got so bored, you shut it off. It's not that I got bored. It's just I didn't have to watch it to have a conversation about it. It's always a nice But you didn't want to watch it. No, I've seen it too many times. I don't need to. So too many. it's, it's such not a good movie. You decided not to watch it again. 
I no, love it so it, much. It I is, it is it such a good movie that I've seen it probably five or six times and there was no need to. And you decided not to watch it. Yep. I've seen this movie like 20 times. 20? Damn, that's a lot. Probably. I think I've seen Face Off probably like 20 times. I've probably kid. watched this. Watched and yet so you times. just you watched that before <clears throat> the podcast. Uh, I watched some of it, yeah. So this movie sucks. Goodwill Hunting. No, this not movie is really good. It's just different than Face Off. Like Face Off, you got to go back and remember like all the cool little things and everything and all the cool action sequences and all the little things you want to remember. But this is like, I can talk about it scene for scene. Anyway, keep going, Jake. Where are we? we I mean, were, I think we it's were, over. We were, we were, we were at the end. I think. Uh, yeah, they, uh, right. they, they did the not your fault. It was over. Uh, it wasn't his fault. And then he drove. It, uh, then Chucky went to his house, and he wasn't there, and he was happy. And uh, also, Sean kind of learned from this experience and decided he needed a break as well. So he took a break. Will left. Credits rolled. Classic driving away while credits roll cliche even though i love it every time i see it all right over the end the end of the movie all right good movie rocked ruled loved it who doesn't love this movie how do you like them apples i love them apples i like green apples they're the best ones i like green apple i mean i could talk about the movie but i'm not gonna watch it again probably yeah just like schwartz seen it enough I have. I've seen it a lot. Don't need to see it again. Nope. Five or six times. Not is, even for the podcast. It's good. Five or six probably, times is I'll good. Probably watch it yearly. The next movie, I'm just not going to watch. We'll just talk about it. I'm just going to talk about it. Hey, man, if you can stay in the conversation, be my guest. Oh, thanks. Thank you for your thank you for your uh, acceptance of that. Hey, man, when you need it, I got it. I need full input at all times and full effort from everyone. Oh, full hey, effort. Man, dude, I no can problem. talk about anything you want from this movie. All right. So where are we ranking it? Go ahead. <laughs> what do you want to talk about? What do you want to talk about? I'm done. I I done been done with this movie. <laughs> All right, I'm putting this at 31. 31. Mm, 48. Right. Damn. Yeah, right above blue. Right above blue. Where velvet. you going, Jake? I'm 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 thinking this is in Jake's top ten. It's definitely my top ten. Yeah. Um. You know what? Actually, for sheer magnitude of this movie and what it did for a lot of people's careers, I'm going 25. Put me at 25. 25. All right. A lot of people's careers. Yeah, I mean, this made Gus Van Sant a house name. It made Damon and Affleck a house name. It gave Robin Williams an Oscar. A lot of good things. Anthony, what'd you say? Right, yours cool. was? I'll go. I'll go up one forty-seven. Nice. As respect to Robin Williams. I'm kidding. 48. 47? 48. 48. All right. right below Deer Hunter. Wait, Deer Hunter's forty-nine on your list. Forty-seven. I thought you said you. I thought you said you had a good list. Your list is that's your not, list is to do. That's not what I'm seeing on your list. Oh, he's probably looking at the fucking list of what order he watched. <laughs> no, that's my list. Forty-seven. What, what an Hunter, idiot. Forty-eight. This movie. Forty-nine. Blue Velvet. I see your Deer Hunter as fifty as fifty-one. Ah, you're oh, looking at the wrong number, worse. idiot. Am I? I don't think I am. Pretty sure that's where that's the rank numbers. 
Look, look harder. Look with your special eyes. My special eyes. Deer hunter? What are you talking about? 47. I don't know how we're looking at the same thing because I see 51. Oh, well. Uh, stand by. Maybe I'm not connected to the internet. It's not updating. Could be. All right. Well, I'm glad we choose this. Yep. Yeah, that was a fucking riveting I'm one, boys. I'm just going to go number two. Number two? Yep. We go number two. Holy shit. Oh, now your list all looks super weird. Holy shit. Something happened. Everything just exploded. <laughs> uh oh. I didn't do any of that. Well, well my list is just deleted. My list just got deleted. Let's oh. just all use my list. It's the best one anyway. My list just got deleted. Bye bye list. Thanks for listening to this episode of Make Me Watch Movies. That was uh, Goodwill Hunting. Next week, we're watching Quentin Tarantino's classic Death Proof. Because Jake's whack ass ain't never seen it. Or he's seen it and forgot it. But either way, he's whack and everybody hates him like I do. So listen to it. And follow us on Instagram, mmwm underscore podcast. And follow uh, follow Josh on Instagram. What's your Instagram, Josh? Josh Nathan. At Josh Nathan on Instagram. Bye.